You're listening to Holy Family Parish in Hanover, Ontario, Canada. We're so glad you could join us for this presentation. For more podcasts and video, and to learn more about us, visit our website at holyfamily.ca. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. Hey, I just did something that was outside of my comfort zone. I forgot to tell you. You know what it was? No. I went to the bathroom with my without my phone. Wow. Yeah. That's hard. You know, an addict. I know. Welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer, everybody. Looks to me like that drink has rum in it. Don't you think? In the yeah. intro? Rum and Coke? Mm, that's one of my Very favorites. popular at house parties when I was in high school. Very popular at the Zettel household. Well, today, it's very 70s. It's very popular. Yes, I'm a little bit of a silly mood today, I must say. Compared to? Yesterday. Oh. Sam, please clean the kitchen. I'm opening, opening my mail on Thursday Night Appetizer. Sam? Feels like a card. You know, what are we doing here? You're a card, for one thing. Oh, it's this. a mass card. Probably for grandmother. And it's from Bob and Lil. Isn't that nice? For our family. Tuesday, January 25th. That's the feast. Thanks, of Bob and Lil. I believe that's the feast hey, of the Convergence. Bob and Lil might, might be watching this. They watch. They like our online stuff. They love Unify and everything. It's the feast of Conversion of St. Paul, I believe. Right on. I could use Conversion. We all could. It's a good feast day for me. <sighs> hey, Sam. Uh, hey. How about we do Thursday and Appetizer? We are doing it. What are you talking about? Okay. We're on task. We're getting things done. So this coming Sunday is uh, where the Catholic Church recognizes the baptism of Jesus. Um, and it's a really, really rich set of readings. So this week, I'm going to focus a bit more on the first reading, which is from Isaiah in the backgrounder. Uh, and maybe when you're reading out, you could read out that reading instead of the gospel. The gospel is about the baptism of Jesus. The two are very closely connected. But we'll look at Isaiah. And uh, there's a line there that I, I love. Uh, which says that, um, speaking prophetically of Jesus, he will not crush the, crush the bruised reed. He will not put out the smoldering wick. And that's what I f- want to focus on in the background of this week. Um, so really, I think we're, what we're hearing about is the great gentleness and mercy of God revealed in these beautiful words of Isaiah that I just mentioned. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench. God who is above all, who is all-powerful and all-knowing, shows us his heart in these inspired words. I mean, a reed is a very fragile plant which grows with roots in ponds or streams. Even a little bird brushing by a reed could bruise it. A smoldering wick has stopped burning and smokes futilely, with no hope of ever coming to life again. There are so many people who are bruised or kind of in darkness, smoldering without hope. And I think that really all of us have felt like this at times. Some people struggle quietly with, without anyone to notice or anyone to care. Does God care? We know and trust that our Father in Heaven does indeed care. He shows us His care for the forgotten in ways that we may not see. But His divine gentleness is fully shown to us in the coming of His Son, Jesus. Luke writes of the expectation in the hearts of the humble people who are wondering about the coming of the Christ, the Anointed of God. That's in the Sunday's Gospel. John the Baptist announces the coming of the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. This baptism is a complete inner renewal of anyone who comes to Christ. So think again of people who are like bruised reeds or smoldering wicks. 
Imagine how it might feel to know that someone sent by God is coming to you to heal you, lift you up, allow you to come to life again. This is the promise of knowing Jesus. When you are all but forgotten, Jesus remembers. Jesus is the beloved Son of the Father, bathed in the Holy Spirit. This moment of shining out of Jesus, his baptism, leads, however, to the cross. It is the crucified Jesus who shows us how God enters into our suffering, offering his, his helplessness, his humiliation, his suffering and death for us. He is God that is, is well pleased with Jesus because only in the cross can we see the gentleness that God offers to all of us. Christians are people who enter in what Isaiah calls covenant, a deep and abiding relationship with the God of gentleness. But entering into the heart of God as we grow to know him leads us outward. Isaiah says that we are to become a light to the nations, meaning to the people who are still in darkness, the bruised reeds, the smoldering wicks. How shall we respond to this divine invitation? If you have known the gentleness of God, then you too may join in the saving mission of Jesus. You too may offer a gentle presence for those who struggle quietly and alone and offer them the hope of renewal and healing in Christ. Very good. Ready for the prayer and our Ready reading today? Yeah, thank you. Okay, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> we praise and thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us in so many ways. Uh, with each breath, we know that you are sustaining us and remembering us, keeping us alive, and giving us the gift of life. And even though many of us, all of us at times, struggle and suffer um, and struggle to, to see your goodness in the world and in what's going on in our own lives and our families, uh, we know that you're there. We really believe that you are who you say you are, that you love us, that you've not forgotten us, that you're always thinking about us, that you're there for us. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for that's a, such a great comfort in our lives. And we pray, Lord, that today as we reflect on the, the scripture reading from the book of Isaiah, that you'd send your Holy Spirit upon us to, to be our light and our guide, to unveil this reading to us. And we pray that our conversation would help us to better understand you and your baptism and what it means for us and, and our world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's a reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. Thus says the Lord, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am well pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nation, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench, until he establishes justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait for his teaching. I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped you by the hand. I formed you and set you as a covenant of the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring up prisoners from confinement, and from the dungeon those who live in darkness. Go ahead, Sam, if you want to share something. <clears throat> okay, well, I'm right right off the bat, I guess, I'm, I'm struck by the contrast in the, the mission of the Messiah, mm -hmm. right? To bring forth justice to the nations, a big mission, a tall order. Yeah. And, and the method or the, like, quiet um, presence that you hear about in the second part, which is not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street, right? Mm-hmm. It, it sort of conjures up an image, like you, you know how we refer to Jesus as the Lamb of God. You know, mm -hmm. you picture something kind of quiet and weak and small, um, and and I I like that. This makes me think of Christmas. You know, 
just in the way that Jesus entered the second person of the, of the Trinity, he is God. He was there. You know, we, we reflected on John's chap, John chapter 1. He's been there since the beginning. The Word was there from the beginning, right, at, at, at the moment of creation. So this is God who entered the world in the smallest, most humble way, in the form of a baby. Not only a baby, but in the most humble of circumstances, born in a manger, in a, in a cave, essentially. Yeah. Um, right? Not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street, not entering the world like a king normally would enter with, like, fanfare and celebration and... I mean, I don't know what they did when kings and queens were born, princes and princesses. Right. But I'm sure it was like, you know, a new prince is born and everybody freaks out, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, nothing like that. It was very quiet. He was surrounded by the most humble of people. Uh, the shepherds, probably surrounded by animals, like the, you know, the classic crib scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are probably animals there too. So, so like, I, I guess I'm just, it's just amazing to me. I think you said something like this in the background or that... Um, you know, the, the mission of the cross is like, is accomplished in its simplicity and in its quiet. Mm -hmm. You think also that Jesus went to the cross without making a fuss, right? Like there yeah. was no like, yeah. like he went quietly to the cross, mm -hmm. a lot like a sheep does. I think that's one of the comparisons. Um, a sheep, you know, goes as this goes to the slaughter without screaming or crying. I actually yeah. heard that's why one of the reasons the Jews don't like pigs, hmm. uh, or didn't like pigs, is because they uh, they squeal when you're about to kill them they kind of freak out sheep do not hmm. they go quietly and i just i i don't know i just th i think about um yeah I, I like i like that about this that that's the way that jesus the second person of the trinity entered our reality and saved us was in this quiet way not crying out not shouting not in not in a lot of fanfare but in the simplest of ways and we can find him we find him through through the simplest of ways and through in some ways stripping away the complexity of our lives and and finding him like a child right with a childlike faith with a simplicity and a, just a, an innocent simple faith is how we find god so i said a lot i'm gonna stop now no that's good um mine my thoughts are complementary to yours so i was actually taken by this line which i hadn't really noticed i have grasped you by the hand and mm -hmm. it, it's actually god leading us out into his mission <clears throat> the mission of jesus so it's like i almost picture this I picture this our divine like a father and and a father holding going out to look for a lost child and and bringing along one of the other some of the other kids with him and holding their hands and saying let's go look for the, our lost your lost brother or sister um so i feel like there's a real eagerness in god's heart which we see in jesus for people who are lost and this like excited invitation to to us if we already have met him to help him in this mission of finding those who are lost. And I like what you said a lot about um, quiet because in practice, in my experience, listening to people literally means that I got to be quiet, <laughs> which is hard for me. I talk a lot, um, mm -hmm. but I've learned how much joy there is. Talking is important because people need to hear from me or us from you. If you're, if you're trying to reach out to somebody, but if they feel like, if someone feels like they can really just the person coming to them if i'm coming to someone and i can be quiet and just gentle then it, it it creates a space where they can choose to if they want to be free to share sometimes very drastic things that they're that they are going through have been through um but like there's people who are like in that time or are still carrying around the, the bruising 
the smoldering or the pain. And part of the healing that God gives to people is in, in having someone come to them and just be a gentle listening presence. And that is hard to believe. I was thinking about that because one reason it's hard to do to put yourself in those positions is because if you're listening to someone who's carrying a lot of pain, you take some of that pain on yourself just in mm -hmm. the act of listening. And that, that could make, make someone reluctant to want to listen to someone else. Um, and I, I've learned from experience, and I think it's a grace of the Holy Spirit, that to, to, um, to be content with my helplessness in those situations, like to, to just actually be grateful. I'm not here to do something. I might do something in response to what someone says, but, but I'm, I'm mostly helpless. It's really the Holy Spirit who does the work of healing and bringing people back to life, which is what baptism is about, right? Baptism, baptism of Jesus, mm -hmm. not my work, but somehow my, my place is to be drawn out into the lives of people who are hurting. And that, that quiet listening is really huge. Yeah, that second part of that reading, um, it sort of goes from clearly talking about Jesus, mm -hmm. about the Messiah, who's yeah, to come. Yeah. Isaiah, how many years? Centuries before Jesus. Sure, five or six hundred years. Probably. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and then it's sort of the second part mm -hmm. could be about him. Yeah. But it's like you said, it, it's like um, it's us, right? Mm -hmm. I've taken you by the hand. I have formed you. Mm -hmm. I have set you as a covenant to the nations or, you know, the rest of it. Yeah. He's saying that it, yeah, about Jesus, but also about us as followers, right? Yeah. Um, which is kind of amazing. We're almost through our baptism, yours and mine, and those watching, if you're baptized, this applies to you. We receive the threefold mission of Christ, right? Priest, be, prophet, king. Be a priest, a prophet, and a king. Mm -hmm. And the, the priest or the bishop or the deacon <laughs> who's baptizing you says that, over you as a baby and as an adult, if you're baptized and as an, as an adult, do you take on that mission? So these words are as much for you as they are for, for him. Yeah. Obviously we're not, we're not pointing people to ourselves. You know, we're, we're guides. The, the light that we're offering to people is his light, not ours. And we're, you know, we sort of step out of the way and allow people to see Jesus through us. But it's like you said, it's like, um, it's amazing. Like that the, there's, it's so like human, to the way that we're called to uh, to evangelize, the way that we're called to bring light into the darkness. This has been a theme, I think, in the last few weeks. This idea of mm -hmm. you know entering the darkness with the with the light um, as part of our mission. So yeah, I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned one of the things that I've learned about is the importance of recognizing and accepting my own helplessness when I'm with somebody who's in a lot of pain. Have you found that? What do you think? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I kind of alluded to it, I think last week that on uh, Christmas Eve day, mm -hmm. I had a really tough conversation with someone that, that was just, it was just like very difficult even for me to like think of anything to say that was, right. that would have brought any kind of like hope or joy into the con. Like, right. like it was just such a dark situation that like anything I could have said would have sort of sounded, um, like a platitude or inadequate, you know, I was going to say like cliche, right? Platitude, say, yeah, yeah, like, a platitude. like, yeah, like yeah. you know, I could have said, you know, you know, well, like we just like, I really encourage you to put your trust in Jesus, but it just sounded cliche because they, <laughs> this person is, thinks they have tried that, you know, and it, you know, doesn't appear to have worked in their, in their mind. Can I ask so. what you, what you, do you remember anything that you might've said? <clears throat> that, that was, that that was said, helpful. 
I, you know, I thinking back on it, one of the most helpful things you can say yeah. is this is really tough. I don't really have a quick answer for you. Yeah. I think that's actually like that. That was what occurred to me to say. And I, that's what I said. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or not. Yeah. It doesn't seem like something the Holy Spirit would say. However, um, that's the honest truth in situations like that, that we often do not have an answer, even a simple answer that might even help a little bit. Not sure. like, I know we can't solve everybody's problems all through, but sure. you always hope that you'll have something that leaves them feeling at least a little better. And I don't think I did. And, and I, hmm. so I think, I think one of the most helpful things I said was, was, was when I was just honest, like, you know, and, it, and I, I said that too, like anything, anything I could say would sound like a cliche at this point. Yeah. I can really, I, I can really see how much you're suffering. Right. And I, and I understand why. And this is, this is a really hard situation. Yeah. Um, but I think we said last week, and I don't want to go through the whole thing again, but you, we said last week that just a person's presence is also important. Yeah. Maybe the most important thing, uh, maybe more important than what you say is the fact that you're there, that you're willing to listen, that you're willing to be there. Okay, so I would say, to add to what you're saying, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus saves us not with his divine power, mm-hmm. but by his human helplessness and weakness. And the Holy Spirit is most powerful when we acknowledge and accept our weakness and inadequacy, the same way that Jesus on the cross. It's not at his most powerful, but at his weakest, right? I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you to do a goofy thing if you are able to at the moment. Can you look at that lineup, when I am weak, then I am strong? Paul writes that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because I think it's actually true. Um, but we know what those two phrases I just realized have in common. When I am weak, I am strong. Yeah, my strength. My strength is sufficient for you. Oh, there's that my part. My strength is made but, perfect in weakness. Yeah, but but when I am weak, when I is when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah. Second, Second Corinthians. Corinthians twelve ten. Okay, what I was going to say is, it occurs to me that the phrase "I am" is in both parts of the sentence. When I am weak, then I am strong. The point is that person, Paul, in this case, writing, I think, on behalf of of all of us, called to be with people in our state of helplessness and <clears throat> in our weakness, is I am. He's still present in both. Not his strength, but just his presence is what matters. And I think that's when the Holy Spirit ministers to people, not us. Um, and I often think that whether you're a Christian or not, we always want to help people and to fix people, especially people we love and care about, and we can't. <laughs> I, oh my goodness, so many people I just wish in the past, have wished in the present, do wish. I wish I could do something, and there's very little. But I do. I would agree with you. Let me add something as well. There is something powerful in an ongoing relationship or friendship. I prefer to actually term friendship, which is you're also communicating by your fidelity. I love that word, like faithfulness or fidelity. I'm still going to be here as long as as long as it's okay with you. I'm going to still be here. You know, I'm going to I'm going to come back. I'm not I'm not just I'm not running away because I feel helpless. Like often when we feel helpless, it, we're almost getting to like a fight or flight mode. I don't want to yell and fix it or run away. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is saying, no, just just be there. Just be yeah, there. Yeah, like I'm here as a sign of God's presence. Right. Or as like a witness to God's presence. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's all you got. And I I, I don't feel bad admit, admitting that. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like one of my personal weaknesses mm-hmm. as like a do-it-yourselfer and a fix-it guy. Right. I'm always fixing stuff. Is yeah. that I want to fix every single problem. I think it's also a guy thing. I was going to say, that's one of the people. I, it's one of the true. traits common sure, to men sure. in particular. Um, you know, like, we, we tend to want to just solve a problem. You know, there's a leaky pipe. Mm-hmm. We want to fix the leaky pipe. 
we're not going to stop the leaky pipe fix. So in this case, the leaky pipe is so dramatically corroded. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. not a simple fix. Mm -hmm. And that, that used to bother me more than it, than it does now. Um, I think maybe I've just learned from experience. Yeah. That uh, often all you have is, is that you are a sign of, you point, you, your presence, even if you don't say anything clever, points to the fact that God cares about that person. And that's, that's, a, that's a sign of God's love. And that's very meaningful. I know it has been to me. Like I, I'm speaking from experience. I'm not, not that I, I'm some, I'm like assigned to everybody else, but mm -hmm. people have been assigned to me in my dark times. Absolutely. That I am, that God is with me. Right, me too. Because they were there. Yeah, they didn't fix all my problems, mm -hmm. but they were there, and it, it and it meant what it meant was that God is also with me. So I think that's actually a really a good takeaway from this. Yeah, I don't know. I've I got think, the reading here if you want to look at it. Um, sure, sure. Uh, we, we didn't show it to the show it to everybody. So oh, Second Corinthians, right? Yeah, it says three times I appealed to the Lord about this that that it would leave me. He's talking about the thorn in his flesh. Right. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. I quoted that part. You said it was a different verse. It's not. Therefore, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardship, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Calamities? Uh, no. Content with calamities. Ah, why is being a Christian so dang hard? Well, I think being a person is so dang hard. We're not special that way. I mean, but we're supposed to be content in it. Like, this is... Okay, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll push back at that a little bit. Because something and called... And you know, back to the reading of reading today, just so if I could tie it back. From I'm Isaiah 42. From it. No, that's okay. But, like, you know, this the, the quietness that ultimately leads to the cross. I mean, Jesus mm -hmm. was taken to the cross and accepted what he was receiving, what, he, right. what was happening to him. And the saints and the martyrs, and everything, that is our destiny, is to to, in some ways, to accept hardship persecution I and calamity don't and like to be content. This. But I, I hate like this. I hate this it. is the part I don't like. I remember last week we talked about um we talked about the cost of it wasn't the last week we talked about the cost remember, of being a Christian. Right. Yeah. And like how we sell people short when we say like, oh being a Christian is fun. Oh yeah, yeah. We did, we did, we did. And yeah, you get yeah. to come and, and the music's great and it's, it's all kinds of fun. Sure. It's, it's friendly. Love and welcoming. And it's friendly. And yeah. there's good food in the case of Unify. Um and so come to Unify starting January twenty first. Friday evening. January Friday evening, 7 p.m., cafe opens at 6.30, we hope. Um, but you sell people short when you don't tell them about the rest of it, which is that yeah. we, the, it's, it's also a cross. We also have to pick up our cross. And that's not optional, right? That's, that part is like baked into being a Christian. That's part of the journey. Being content with weaknesses, insults, hardship, persecution, and calamities for the calamities. sake of For the sake of prayer. Yeah, when I think of yeah. calamity, I think of like, like a 200-car a, a pileup. Like sure. I think of like, you know, or like, like a, a warehouse explodes next to your house or like something like that. Like calamity is big. Mm -hmm. That's not like, oh, like, you know, someone, someone told me that, someone told me that I was a bad Christian because I, something that or I, whatever, or someone, someone said my rosary was fake. <laughs> it's like little, little complaints, weird but calamities, complaint. ah, yeah, I'm not content in calamities. Are you? Okay. Now or I'm going to say something that, are you? The quietness is a really big thing, uh, quiet, gentle presence. But Jesus cried out on the cross, quoting Psalm 22, mm. Why, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think one of the things I can do for people who are striving to be followers of Jesus, whether they're churchgoers or not, I've done this with people, and I think it helps, 
is say to them, it's okay to be angry with God and to tell them. It's okay to be disappointed with God. It's okay to even feel abandoned by God and say, hey God, why have you abandoned me? Mm -hmm. Otherwise known as Psalm 22, Psalm 22. right? Yeah. Uh, those are baked in as well to being Christian. It's like, okay, yeah, we need to be quiet and gentle and accepting. But that doesn't mean it feels good or that we need to pretend it feels good. And it doesn't mean we have to be quiet about it in a sense. Like between us and God, and sometimes that's what we need. We need people on our journey with us. We can just like yell and say, I'm so mad about this. God should do something about this. Hey, God, well, where are you? You know, I, I, I love this theme that we're on. Um, becoming a Christian or being a Christian, living out your being a Christian. Mm -hmm. Many of our viewers are, maybe some aren't. Um, should mean becoming more human and more like yourself. Yes. Right? Yes. And that means that means being more honest and less having less of a facade. Right. And more honest about who you are, right. about how you feel. Right. Um, although we temper our, we're supposed to help have self-control as well. Yep. But I think of like the saints were often known for being very transparent mm -hmm. uh, with God and with others. Yes. Sometimes I think to a fault. <laughs> but um, I would say that. Like you can think of a few people like like I think of like the Curie of our um, St. John Marie Vianney. St. John Marie Vianney. Yeah. Tried to escape his parish. Three times, I believe. <laughs> three, three times. Tried to physically tried to run away from his parish. Um, so like Because he felt so inadequate. Right. Think of what's going through his head. Yeah. I'm terrible at this. I can't do it. I'm leaving. Yeah. And he got in a boat and his parishioners actually had to kind of kidnap him. Seriously? I didn't know that and part. Bring of it. him back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. I was also thinking of Teresa of Avila, um, who I don't know, had had some kind of vision and then Ended up falling off her her cart. I think they were, she was in a, she was in a, a carriage or cart that got upset in the mud, and she was saying, "If this is the way," she says this to God, "If this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few." Is that the exactly, one you're thinking yeah. of? Yeah, yeah. If this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. That's yeah. a famous quote. But like, yeah. I like I picture her saying that. Of course, maybe she maybe it was tongue in cheek, but mm -hmm. I'm sure she was feeling like, "What the heck?" Right. And it's okay to feel like that. Um, that's in a way how I felt on the 24th right? with this conversation. Right. Because, yeah, like, what the heck? Like, why do you let these things happen happen to people who don't deserve it? Yeah, no one deserves it. But the thing is, especially like a child. Yeah. Right? When you're talking about, like, childhood trauma, mm -hmm. things that happened to you when you, you were innocent, you had no choice. Yeah. No, no, nothing. You did nothing to cause this and bring it on yourself. And it still happened. And you cried out to God and nothing got fixed. Right? So... So you're like, you know, in times like that, you're like, what, what the heck, yeah. right? One of my um, favorite things I read years ago was on the vocation of the Christian or something. And, and uh, the author said, it, he defined the vocation of a Christian based on this line, um, I formed you and set you as a covenant of the people, a light for the nations. And he's saying the vocation of a Christian is to be like Israel at this point, where the light that we have received is not for us. It's for others. And the vocation of Israel is to be like to the other nations. Because for throughout most of the Old Testament, they thought rightly, because they were God's only chosen people. But Isaiah begins to reveal more coming up for them and for all of us that this light given to them was actually for other nations. And the more that I received, and I received way more than I ever could possibly deserve from God, he's really saying whatever light I've received from him is meant to be a light for others. That's what it means to be a Christian. And I would add one more quick thing here, which I think you'll agree with, is 
though it can feel really hard to listen to someone who's going through a really tough time and I'm helpless in the, in the face of that, it's so joyful at the same time. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of joy in like, wow, that was hard to listen to, but just, just being faithful to that calling, which is what I try to do, of being present with people, not everybody by any means, but just a few people every now and then, is really fills me with joy. It really does. I don't know how you felt like it was a hard conversation you, you described and there have been, I'm sure, many like that for you as there have been for me. Is there joy in that for you? Oh, yeah. Well, always afterwards. Yeah. Like, I guess, I guess what I would say about that is like, what's the alternative? Okay. Like, the alternative is to close yourself off. Right. Right. It, it, you said this right at the start. I think it was maybe in the background or that like, um, or maybe it was maybe the last week. I can't remember. They're all mixed That's together. That's okay. But like, it's outside of your comfort zone to get into the messy parts of other people's lives. Of course. It's dangerous. Okay. It's risky. Yeah. It's yeah. uncomfortable and gross. Yeah. Sometimes gross. I've been in gross places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, places where I didn't even feel physically safe. Yeah. Right? Um, but you're right. It's like, but the alternative to that is to insulate yourself from it. Okay. It, to like just kind of live your own life, be in your own little box, and to never actually... So let me temper Get that. Get out there and let that happen. Let and, me temper uh, that a bit. Okay. I, I think in a way that you'll agree wash with it, as well. You're going to water it down now? No, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, there's a virtue called prudence, which basically means following God's guidance. Want a Christian friend? Um, sure. Thank Apparently you. Apparently it's... Uh, what? A good friend told me that the, the smell of licorice is an aphrodisiac. I did not need to hear that at this time in particular. Good tip. It's free tip for all our viewers. <sighs> I was going to say something probably, hopefully, helpful to people spiritually. Well, that might be helpful. Depends what your goal is. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Sorry. Okay, you were saying? I forgot. No, I was going to be... Uh, oh, yeah. Prudence. So, it's like, prudence is a virtue. It's the habit of taking into account the reality of a situation. What I mean is, being called to be light for nations, and sometimes that includes... Like you're on a live broadcast and you shouldn't talk about aphrodisiacs. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we need to support each other in also realizing we are not the Messiah. I'm not Jesus. You're not Jesus. And sometimes you need to step back from situations and people. I know we've talked about this, uh, about a conversation you had. Was like sometimes people are so needy that they they just want to draw you in, to come, almost like you feel like you're in a whirlpool. And you can't, you can't go there. You've got to have people around you say, you know, it's great how you're supporting that person, but you put maybe need to take a step back. Um, I know. Yeah, I think it's important to have like good direction and good, not to do it alone ever. Right. Have like someone that, that can support you yeah. as well. That's why like the, the church isn't like a one man show. It's like a, None it's of a community. Yeah. Like we need a community to do these things. Not, yeah. um, it's not really wise to. Yeah. Try to approach it all by yourself. If I, sure. if I can name drop, um, oh. I'm going to. You should not be named? No. No? Okay. Um, our friends Lou and Lynn, who watch Show's Hand Appetizer, just drop your name uh, if you're watching and listening. Hi, Lou and Lynn. Um, they came to a few of the Unify services last year, and what we were talking about last time I was chatting with them earlier on is it's an atmosphere of a community, a living community of people and we're all quite different. So coming as guests is like you're, you're coming into a community of people. It's not just like one person 
who's your like your lifeline. I'm not anyone's lifeline. I'm not, I'm not my wife's lifeline. She's not my lifeline. Even though we we are called to depend on each other more than anyone else, we're not our kids' lifeline. We're not our parents' lifeline. Um, we are called to be there, present in all those close family relationships and the relationships we 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 form through people who reach out to us and stuff. But it's a community. I love that. I love the fact that different people see and hear different things, offer different gifts, and then. Um, I was talking to um, about the RCIA, which is a group of people who are looking into becoming Catholic this coming Easter, um, and and a friend of ours, I'll drop another name, Pam, who's helping with that group, and uh, somebody drop. else, name dropper, name drop, um, is Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire, the best of the Spider Men. He's a bit like Pam, I guess. No, never mind. Uh, Pam, according to somebody else who's helping the RCIA, our friend Anne. Pam is really good, she was saying, at listening to people who have very different points of view, sometimes not always, that don't always fit with what the Catholic Church says. So that's a gift, right? That somebody in our community who's good at listening and helping people understand, well, why is that Catholics believe one thing which may not be in line with what they believe, right? That's a real gift. And there's so many different gifts and, and callings. And the, the point is, um, the point I'm trying to make about the Unified Service, RCA, and other, other times that Christians come together is, we support each other, not for our own sake, but for the sake of people who have not yet met Christ, so that we, we can be a light to others. And we, we don't leave one person out there on their own, like you, for instance, or me, for instance. Like, you've got to go out there and save that person's life. No, we don't do that. Jesus is the Savior. The Holy Spirit does the work of healing. And we as a community support each other. That's, and there's a, such joy in that experience, is what I'm going to say, about we're not doing this alone. We're doing this together. <laughs> yeah. So being and, a light to the nation. And we hope that being uh, part of a community like Unify will, uh, like it has in some cases already, yeah. inspire those that come as guests to to buy into this mission yeah. in, in their own way, right? To bring other people. Um, sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes it's as simple as letting yourself um, enter the life, the messiness of someone else's life, mm -hmm. right? In, the in Jesus' name. Never for your own sake, but in Jesus' name. And and. I feel like everybody, every let's say every everyone has been touched by mm -hmm. the life of Je by Jesus, yeah, and by the Holy Spirit, yeah, is called to that in some way. We all have different missions because we all have different gifts. We all have different callings. Your calling as a deacon is different than mine. Mm -hmm. Mine is different than someone who doesn't work for the church. That that kind of thing. Um, but what I think our experience with Unify and Alpha and things like that is that even people that are very new to the uh, to Christianity and to a relationship with Jesus, one of the hallmarks is a, is a desire to share that. To share the light. To share the light with others. You yeah. see a lot of that happening. Yeah. Which is fantastic. It's very exciting. It inspires us. It inspires us. We've been like kind of career Christians almost in your career case, Christians. in my case. Yeah. Um, which is a burden in a way. It's a barrier unless we are continually open to new people, new ideas, new gifts. But the Holy Spirit is continually working. This reminds me of a conversation just a week ago. It's like inertia. It's like gravity. Yeah, yeah. You get like stuck in gravity and you, you know, you're plummeting toward the center of the planet and you have to always be fighting it. Or letting other people lift you up, right? Mm -hmm. um, fighting to get out of it, to break free from it. Yeah, like we were talking stuff. a week ago, we were, we were visiting with, uh, <laughs> with uh, Mary's cousin and his wife and talking about another family member. And we don't really know where everybody's on their journey of life, let alone of faith. But just that... Here's an example of how the Holy Spirit does things that is not from me or, or from you necessarily directly. It's like that she listens to a particular Christian 
artist, a singer, right? Isn't it amazing that people who are far from maybe the church or Christ or formal religion may connect through the power of the Holy Spirit through inspiring Christian music? Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking. We've been talking a bit about the, the the show Chosen. There's an app for the show Chosen about Jesus and millions and millions of people, some of whom are very devout Christians, some of whom are not, but are connecting in a new way with who Jesus actually is. And that show just offers a, a visual representation and a performance of not just Jesus, but of people around him, um, that people can be touched by media. I mean, I'm not, I'm pretty skeptical about how media can do things. I don't think it's the answer, but it can be part of the gift, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to reach out to people through music, through, through movies, uh, through shows, uh, sometimes even non-Christian things that have like a just like a positive, uplifting message of hope that I think is ultimately rooted in Jesus that 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 uh, Isaiah is writing about. Very good. Well, we've been talking for forty minutes. I think. Oh my goodness! Too much of this conversation, however, was just pure Sam silliness. No, it wasn't. It was like a, like one percent, two percent of the whole conversation. I'd say at least three point eight. Okay, my my closer to four. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's one of my gifts. Being silly, keeping things light. I have the gift of enjoying it. Why do you think I've been in youth like, ministry for like 22 I know, years? Who could do that? Wait a minute. I work with old people. If you can't keep things light when you're working with old people, forget about it because yeah. they are crazy, just like me. That's why I like them. They're pretty amazing. So is everybody. So are you, whoever you are watching or listening. I just want you to know that you might now you might feel like a light, and that's incredible. Share that with others. You might feel right now like you're like the smoldering wick. The light's been put out. You're still in God's reed. eyes, a bruised reed, like you got nothing to offer. Just like, reed. just like sitting quietly and no one cares. And I can't show you how we we hope to care, but we do. Uh, so if you want to reach out to us, connect with us, stay in touch with us through this form. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what you feel. Ask us questions. Yell at us. Whatever. We, we don't care. Even, we might even be allowed to visit you. We are allowed to visit you. Oh, okay. I think nobody's told me not to visit anybody. Sure. So if you if you want to visit, if you want to come by sometime to our Friday evenings, come come by to Mass on Sunday. We're here usually, Sam's usually here Saturday evening. I'm here once a month or more. Uh, we'd love to... Thursdays, we're always here. Well, I'm That's always here. true. I'm pretty Thursdays. much here most Thursdays. You're pretty much here for Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Love to have you drop by. Drop uh, in. We, we actually do want to do what Isaiah is calling us to do as best we can in, in the limited ways that we can do it. We really want to be like that. And so do many other people here at Holy Family. Uh, so don't hesitate to reach out. You have gifts to offer. You are a light. And you're just like the rest of us as well. All of us who are here, you're in need of support. So I think this is a beautiful Sunday celebration we're looking forward to. The baptism of Jesus. Um, the bruised reed, he will not break. Smoldering wick, he will not put out. Amen. Prayer? Prayer. Thank you, Jesus Christ. You are the one sent by God to reveal... How gentle God's heart is for each and every one of us. Give us hearts like yours that are truly gentle with ourselves, with each other, and especially for those who are feeling bruised and in darkness at this time. Thank you for the hope and the light and the joy that you give and share with each one of us. We pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Charles. And thank you, our viewers and listeners, for watching and listening, as it may be. And uh, we wish you a great weekend. and. And all the all the goodness and grace of God as uh, you go and and bring light to the darkness as we're called to do. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! We haven't seen you since the New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year! May your 2022 be better than my 2021. That won't be hard. <laughs> Amazing.
It's probably better already. <laughs> anyway, God bless you all. We'll see Bye. you Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye.